White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox after another walk-off home run by the Cleveland Indians, and they beat the White Sox 3-2 tonight. Hello, I'm Herb Lawrence. The White Sox have lost four in a row. It's not great. That over there is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing tonight? Um, well, I was putting my daughter down to bed just after the walk off tonight, and uh, I almost fell asleep myself. So I'm a little, I'm a little tuckered out. But I, I will tell you, I, I almost punted tonight. I was almost like, you know what? Let me just go to sleep. Herb will understand. I'll just tell him in the morning that you know I got sleepy myself, or I fell asleep putting my daughter to sleep, and I just could not stop thinking about this game tonight. It's one of those ones that really sticks in your craw. The White Sox losers tonight by a score of 3-2. to two. They lose on a walk-off home run by the great Babe Luplo, and we are brought to you tonight by Indeed. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay a game? Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that's why hiring is more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast, and unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown three and a half times more likely to result in a hire with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere, so get on it right now. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right. So again, this is just, you know, I could live my whole life and I've already seen way too many Cleveland Indians walk-offs against the White Sox in my lifetime, especially down the stretch drive of of, of a pennant chase. And we see another one tonight here. I guess uh, we we could start backwards here tonight. That that decision in the ninth inning to have Gio Gonzalez pitch. Yes, it's me. It's me. The same guy who wanted him to pitch last night against um, Jose Ramirez, which I still think is reasonable. But you have Gio Gonzalez out there tonight to start the ninth inning for the White Sox, and he makes it all but four pitches, uh, and they're, they're swinging, swinging away on 3-0, Luplo was, and uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a rocket shot, and this game was over rather quickly. It was a stunning loss, I think, for the White Sox tonight. I was sitting there on my couch certainly stunned, but let's, let's – backtrack and, and, and start from the ending here that decision to have Gio Gonzalez out there in the ninth inning Herb uh, what were th- what, what were they thinking I mean I don't know yeah I, I looked at the postgame comments and it looked like he said that uh, Colome was ready but he wanted to have Colome ready for the 10th inning for the save uh, it's a much harder situation I would 
I mean, I know people are sitting there like, well, you can't get to the 10th unless you get to the past the ninth. So putting Gio out there is not ideal. It's a trick bag right there. It's really hard. Like, what do you do there? What do you, uh, yeah, Jordan Luplo kills lefty. So he could have looked at that and made a better decision. But yeah, I don't think he made the best decision there. So it's a trick bag. If he pitches column A in a non-save situation, somebody hits a home run. I guarantee somebody's and most Sox fans are like, "Hey, pitch uh, closer in a non-save situation. What are you doing there, dummy?" Type of thing. And so there's no win there. But did he make the best decision? Probably not. But I'm not going to blame him for the loss tonight because they scored two damn runs, had four damn hits. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much of this of the thought process is. You know, you have to think ahead when you're a manager. You're not only thinking innings ahead, batters ahead, but you're also thinking days ahead. And I'm, I'm looking at this game. Thursday, the 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 finale of the series, the Sox looking to avoid a, avoid a four game sweep, and they've got Dallas Keuchel on the mound against Zach Blesac, and I'm wondering if Ricky was like, you know what, like we absolutely are going to need Alex Colome on Thursday, and I know they had him up, so that kind of defies that logic, but that was the only thing that I could be thinking of is they had him up, he pitched in an inning last night. And he didn't want to use them three consecutive days, especially with the back spasms. Like I don't know if they wanted to be careful, and maybe that's why he wasn't out there in a save in a non-save situation there. Like you know, the only situation for him being absolutely necessary to pitch was as if, if it was a save situation. I could see that being part of the thought process, but you know, we'll we'll see what comes of that. But you said already you checked the post game uh, notes, and there was none of that mentioned there. So that was the only thing that I was speculating. At the time, is you got a, a closer with a with a with an iffy back situation in a non-save spot. So you know, I, I certainly it's you know it's not the move that I would have done. I would have just you know four fingers and put Luplo on. I don't care. It's, it's, I wouldn't have, you know I don't care if it's leading off the ninth inning with a walk. But you're already you're three zero. What's the sense in grooving a fastball right down the middle? It just it is senseless to me. Um, but other than that, that that spot right there. Let's just go back to the beginning then. So Shane Bieber was really good tonight. That was no surprise. He was everything advertised, but the Sox did a good job making him work and making him labor through through the first few innings. He only pitches five innings tonight, gives up the two hits, one run, three walks on 10 strikeouts, uh, lowering his ERA on the year to 1-6-3. You know, your typical Shane Bieber type, uh, type outing tonight, but the Sox gave themselves a chance by working that pitch count early in the game, uh, especially with those intentional passes. But Ultimately, with the White Sox, they're just struggling. Cannot buy a hit, can't buy a run. Uh, guys that you need to come through for you right now, ice cold. Jose Abreu is pretty much the only one that that's hitting right now in this moment. And Sox definitely had a, their share of uh, luck and not break their way tonight. But, you know, you look up and down this lineup and there are just so many guys struggling right now. Uh, T.A. at the top, you know, the spark plug. Uh, you were talking about him a week ago. Who's the MVP, Abreu or T.A.? And, you know, reluctantly, I, I look at it right now and I say, well, that's clearly Abreu, but this is not how I wanted to <laughs> for them to finish this discussion. But T.A. is really struggling right now at the top of the order. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I think he was the MVP up to that point because now you see that he's not on base and Abreu still Abreu, and they're not winning. He's the thing that's he's the straw that stirs the drink. But I would say Abreu is the better player now. Yes, definitely. But the offense goes just like when Dexter Fowler was, you know, he you go was a you go we go. Mm -hmm. That's TA and he is slumped. And so the team is slumped. 
and yeah, you're facing some good pitchers out there. Beavers out there doing things. So, uh, I would, you know, tip the cap to the White Sox for getting two runs off of Shane Bieber and company. It was a, it was a miracle that they got all those. But as I said before, it's like Rocky. They made Shane Bieber bleed, but they didn't knock his ass out. He's not a machine. He's just a man. And they didn't execute and get him out of there with some runs attached to his name enough, as I thought. And just a dumb base running play. After Eloy with a good double there, I mean, what are we teaching here? He was safe on the play because uh, Lindor decided not to throw to third, but the ball is literally in front of you. This is fundamental baseball, and we've done it multiple times this year. He goes to third when the ball is right in front of him. Lindor should have thrown to third and got him out, but we got bailed out there, and he uh, was safe at third. Uh, just dumb plays. Just because he wasn't out, the result doesn't matter. We just got to play better. We have to execute better. We have to do things better. Uh, they didn't deserve to win today, so that's why I'm not too upset about them losing that game to the Cleveland Indians. I mean, you score two runs, hit, get four hits. You don't deserve one. Cleveland got three runs and five hits, so they got the dub. Here's the inherent problem with this organization, and I know this seems awfully bleak and, and dark, you know, considering you're talking about a team that's already clinched a spot in the postseason, but the inherent problem with, with this organization and doing the whole rebuild concept and you know they they did the best they could by gutting it and ripping it down to the studs and and you know gathering as much premium talent as they could but when you don't have organizational philosophies in place you see it with with Cleveland with with pitching you saw it uh, you know 20 for the past 20 years with the Twins pitching and defense um and you know uh, approach hitting but the White Sox I wouldn't say they have any organizational philosophies or methods that they teach and the inherent problem with with a lot of the rebuild is you're you're gathering talent from other people's organizations who learned their styles of play from you know countless entities and organizations and teachers and coaches and you're all of a sudden you're putting all these guys into a into a pot and you you have no idea what this recipe is going to taste like and you see mistakes like that I mean these are things that you said it's these are these are fundamental this inexcusable mistakes right there, and and I appreciate that you brought that up tonight. That just because he wasn't out doesn't doesn't mean it was, mean it was right. And you know those are things that happen when when you're pressing sometimes, and you're, you're trying to do too much, and you're seeing it all up and down the lineup tonight. Uh, there, there was a, a couple of good things that happened tonight. Uh, Moncada for his uh, he went one for three tonight. That triple that he had in the eighth inning that was vintage John Moncada right there and you know it once again you know his I think he's in a two for 20 something slump but his last two hits are triples and it's good to see that I just need to see more of that <laughs> and it looks like the legs aren't a problem anymore and I know he's still struggling to find ways to to conserve energy and, and be ready to go at game time but that's another a part of this man we gotta have more of that going into the playoffs, man. Joan Moncada has to be an integral part of this lineup, especially when T.A.'s not hitting. Yeah, I mean, he is valuable. Like, what are we talking about? If <laughs> After these 60 games, you've, like, these games right now, these extra games, are house money. And you have different philosophies. Not you, Chris Tano, but people have different <laughs> philosophies on how to play with house money. Do you act as if 
if I lose it, fuck it. It was just I wasn't my money in the first place. Or do you press it and act as if, hey, I earned that fucking money, so I'm gonna use this as uh, as it's mine and I've earned this, and I'm not gonna use it as free money. I'm gonna use it as hey, this is earned money. I'm gonna bet it as such. Um, I use house money as this is free. And there's no need to press the pedal down for these extra games. No need to stress your team out for these extra games. Get your team ready. Get the get the intensity level right. But don't be out here trying to make this team like extra win. Try to get extra wins for some reason. All this matters is Yoan Mankata getting his swing back. And if that triples anything and that running is anything that indicates that, that man is back. He looked vintage as you said now while robert didn't look great today continued his over streak i can feel that he's coming out of it he spit on a couple of those nasty knuckle curves from bieber tonight you know ultimately i think he struck out one time versus those guys that guy but he looks like he is coming out of it. he's not swinging wildly at every single pitch in, that's thrown to him He'll be fine, and if in the playoffs he be, returns to regular Luis Robert that we saw early, we'll be laughing at this. The same thing with Yoan Moncada. This is why I tell these people who are blaming Ricky Renteria for the loss today, like, did Ricky Renteria make Yoan not hit? Did he make this over whatever, 19, I don't know, was it 30 hits, 30 for um, Luis Robert? Yeah, it's at did least 27, make, 28. Yeah, over 27, 28. Yeah. Did he make Nomar Mazar not hit for power this whole year? This <laughs> I think he I'm did do that. About. I think he did. It was a conspiracy to make me look bad. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> was, it Renteria, look, to, was it Renteria Santeria? <laughs> yeah. If the hitters hit and the pitchers pitch to what they're, these guys think they're doing, all this, the Ricky Renteria stuff goes away. Losing close games, you want to point a finger at somebody. Point at the team. Point at the guys who didn't execute, didn't get hits. Yeah, Shane Bieber's one of the best pitchers in the game. But, damn it, you're supposed to be one of the best teams in the game. Two weeks ago, you was talking about the damn World Series. Now you're kowtowing to Shane Bieber. F all of that. Have some pride about yourselves. If you think your team is a first-place team, you're supposed to hit everybody, especially Brad Hannon in the ninth inning where you dominate left-handers and you dominate that guy specifically and you didn't execute in the ninth inning. So can we turn the focus on the people who are actually important to the team? Those are the players. Those are the guys that you need to point the fingers at when they fail and when they do something well, point the fingers at them. You'll never hear me talk about Ricky Renteria losing a game or winning a game because that motherfucker doesn't matter. He doesn't <laughs> matter in the, in the grand scheme. And I bitch about him all the time here, and I'll give him hell – when I think he did something wrong. So you know that I feel that nothing he did tonight. Well, I said he could have had a better decision, but it didn't cost him the game. The game was cost by not scoring more runs. That's it. That's all. You scored two runs. I thought I saw a stat where you have a 240 winning percentage. Yeah. That's not good. So what the, what the fuck are we talking about guys? We're pointing the blame on the wrong people and watching the playoffs. If Luis Robert goes off, if Yoan Moncada goes off, no one's going to say, man, Ricky, look at Ricky out there doing things. He's out there working his magic. No, you can be like, man, those hitters are really good. They did a great job by hitting a lot. And no one was giving Ricky credit 
back in the day when they were kicking ass and taking names and took three out of four from the Twins. But they're going to give them blame for losing to the goddamn Indians? No, they just have the Indians have the White Sox number this year. Yeah, back to your point on Robert. It's pretty obvious, he, you know, he is starting to come out of it a little bit. He's just, he's just missing those pitches that he's supposed to be crushing that we're used to seeing him crush. But the pitch recognition, and here's here's the the, the catch twenty two about this. I was listening to DJ on the radio on on the way home from work today. You know, with these early games, you get to hear a, a large chunk of it uh, on the way home. And DJ was talking about Luis Robert, and there's not many people who I uh, respect their, their opinion more when you're talking about hitting approach than Darren Jackson. He was talking about Robert, and he said that he's basically caught in between right now, which is something you hear a lot. But mm-hmm. he was talking about how he's, you know, famously aggressive, and he was a 300, 300 hitter when he was aggressive early in the count and not, not letting the count get too deep on him where he can see even more breaking pitches. And now he's almost too passive, DJ was saying. You know, he's, he's trying to be better and take more pitches, but, you know, he, he's letting some of those pitches, like the timing's all off because he's so passive, and it's in his head so much about, about all the strikeouts and, and getting, you know, and, and, and not swinging at trash pitches, not, you know, swinging at, at his pitches and not swinging at bad balls outside of the zone. So DJ, I thought, made a good point just talking about what he sees with him. But I think he is coming out of it. He squared one up nicely and that fly out he had. He was 0 for 4, down to 220. It's kind of crazy to even fathom. But he, three strikeouts tonight, three men left on base for Robert, down to just 220 on the year. It seemed like just yesterday where he was 300 and we were talking about slam dunk, Rookie of the year, but uh, one, one bad month in a 60-game season will certainly do that to you. Um, other things uh, of note uh, among the offense, uh, you know, not a good night for James McCann tonight. He was 0 for 4 with 4Ks as well. Typically, you see better at-bats from him tonight. Um, you know, they're just not getting any breaks right now. You talk about uh, on the defensive side, you know, when Carlos Santana shoots one past the shift, that little squibber, and you mm-hmm. knew you knew that room run was going to come around the score eventually, and it did. And that that's symptomatic of just the way things go when when things aren't going your way, and you know when you're not doing yourself any favors at the plate, you leave yourself susceptible to things like that happening and saying, "Oh, woe's me." Uh, and of course, the Adam Engel play that was overturned as fast as I've ever seen any play overturned in the history of of, of replay, um, which I thought it was a bang bang play, and it looked like he was out. But the 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 record in which they overturned it, I thought was 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 pretty shocking. But uh, Lucas Giolito tonight, another one of those you know you talk about a manager's decision. Lucas Giolito was out there for 119 pitches tonight I believe uh, he mm. goes he goes six innings four hits two runs both of them earned three walks 11 strikeouts give up the homer to Santana his uh, season ERA down to 348 and after that home run to Santana he really dialed it in and they were showcasing uh, you know the slider a lot tonight with with him and you know had had troubles getting it over for a strike but after that Santana home run he really locked it in and he looked really good but my only uh, I guess question about his outing tonight was leaving him out there for so long and my only uh, guess to this would be you know you know that's a guy that you're going to need to go very deep in game one or two depending how they line it up of, of a playoff series and with the bullpen the state that it is in now they're going to need him to go as far as he can go and and I guess they're just grooming him to, to put him in a position uh, to do that so what do you think were you, you know were you questioning why he was out there I know once it was after around 100 pitches I was like okay what are we doing here because Bieber was out of the game uh, in quick fashion, and and Gilito's out there, you know, you know, nearing 120 pitches. What did you make of that decision by Renteria to leave uh, Gilito in the game? Yes, I was very much uh, questioning that move because 
that's a career high for Lucas Giolito. This game doesn't mean more or anything than other games he's pitched. Um, after they gave up the sack fly from Framio Reyes, I don't know why he pitched the next guy. He struck him out, but all those pitches were highly stressful. And the walk he gave up, I think it was to was it to Ramirez. Right. He was overthrowing that whole time, yep. just trying to throw through the catcher's glove and trying to you know, puts the extra six inches on that ball. Those are stressful, especially past a hundred pitches. He just overexerting himself for what, what are we trying to win that singular game for so badly? Can we just have him go for his amount of pitches where you see him throwing the ball? Well, and after you see him walk Ramirez and then give up the cue shot to, Carlos Santana, you're like, okay, that's enough. You've pitched well. Just go there and sit on the bench. We'll bring in, uh, at that time, I think it might have been Greer Crochet and see if he can get out uh, Fran Mill Reyes and see if he can get out the guy who's batting after him, if not. So, yeah, I don't know why you're going so deep with your best pitcher in the last start he's going to have in the regular season. These games don't matter. They do not matter. This division does not matter. Now, I said some erroneous things on on episodes before. This is the thing. The top four seeds will host the wildcard round. So top three division winners in the leagues and then the top second place team. So right now, the White Sox are tied with the Twins until the Twins win this game, which they are. Then the Sox will be in second place. They will have the second best second place record in the league. So they are the four seed. They will host the Yankees. I think it is right now Yay. for the first <laughs> round games. If they, everything stayed the same. So they would be the fourth round, fourth place team going against the fifth place team. The Yankees hosting them for a three game set at guaranteed rate. You win the division. You're either the second or third place team and then you host either the Cleveland Indians, so fuck no, or the Toronto Blue Jays or the Houston Astros. So it's not a big deal to win it. There's no incentive for you winning the division. There's no thing that you get that is better by winning the division. Now, winning home field, and I'll put those in quotes, home field, the four seed, that might be some of some interest to you because the Yankees are really good at Yankee Stadium this year, and you would rather sleep in your own bed than not well, sleep in your own bed. Yeah, especially with that with that short porch out there in Yankee Stadium. Like you know, there are certain places that just play differently for the home team because they're they're used to it. And I think there is a comfort level too with playing. You know, sleeping in your own bed, like you said. Like I, I'll take my chances against the Indians uh, in, in Chicago. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, mm. I, I know they still got great pitching and all, but this offense that Cleveland's rolling out there, it still doesn't scare me, man. You know, they, they could lose tomorrow and they could get their brains beaten in. But, you know, this is still, you know, if, if I had to pick my opponent, I certainly would. They, they wouldn't be my first pick in the draft of, of teams you want to face because that pitching is just clicking on all cylinders. I don't know how they do it. Every guy they bring up is a, is a guy drafted and developed by them or a guy scouted and acquired in a trade like we saw with Quantrill last night. And, of course, tonight you had uh, McKenzie out there. That was my first chance seeing him 
uh, for mm. an extended period of time. He was real good all year, and he was really good tonight too. Um, the whole the whole Karinchak thing, uh, you know, he has the you know Wild Thing persona, the Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn persona. Where's the ninety nine? And I was like, okay, he just does it for shtick. But then he had his haircut today, like uh, Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn. What is going on with that, friends? What is he doing out there, Herb? I mean, it's just dumb. I mean, he's going to put on a three-piece suit and start dating some blonde lady, getting into some commercials and shit. But he didn't see the movie or nothing? Come on, man. Yeah, go back to the fucking, uh, like, the arrowheads in your back of your head and yeah. the cut-off fucking leather jacket. And If you're going to come in and be the wild thing and wear the 99 on the Cleveland Windians, you better fucking represent all the way through, Karen Check bum. Yeah, but at least pick him. You saw that rocket, though, but yo, I oh, yeah. that bum. Yeah, man, and he, it felt good. And so did and so did uh, Jose Abreu. That would have been a, a hit. That I think that had expected a batting average of eight fifty. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe that'll you know get some positive momentum going. They should take every every time they have a good at bat like that against a tough pitcher and and uh, Karinchak or Karinchak, whatever you want to call it. I always forget how to say it. Uh, Karinchak, you know, if you have a good at bat against him and you barrel it up against a guy who's been good all year, I think you know. Hopefully they can hold on to those good things and not dwell on all the bad at bats that we've seen over the past week or so. But you know, you think if you're uh, Karinchak and you you are going to take on the shtick, the movie persona uh, of a of a character in a movie, you at least pick something really good. Like you know, come out there as uh, as Jimmy Conway in Goodfellas or something, do something cool <laughs> and not uh, major league. You know, yeah. I don't know. That's just that's just me. Uh, pick a good movie next time. Um, Garrett Crochet, you mentioned, uh, he looked really good tonight with that uh, that mid nineties changeup he was rolling out there tonight. He got strikeouts of uh, Luplo, Babe Luplo, and uh, Perez, and he got Mercado to fly out to end the inning. You know, there's a lot of pieces here on this team that you just really love. Like it's like you know, it's it's like getting a new gadget and you're trying to figure out how to how to get it going on Bluetooth or on Wi-Fi, and you just you can't wait to play with it, but it's just not working. Something's not syncing up. Something's wrong somewhere. You know, maybe your password's wrong or whatever it is. But all the pieces are here for this team. I I love crochet coming in in a high leverage spot you know i would love to see him come in with a lead maybe for a change just mix it up a little bit guys um and i i you know just i love still love Luis robert i love all the talent that they've assembled here but it's just not all working in a cohesive manner right now and it's insanely frustrating but i think they they will get out of it i think it'll start tomorrow night with with dallas keichel on the bump there's no one i'd rather have out there in this spot and, you know, that usually, typically, the, the Sox do hit for Dallas a little bit. Uh, I know it's just anecdotal. It'll be another tough matchup with uh, Zach Plesak, but I feel good about this one. It, it's a big game, and I know you say they're not important, they don't matter, but I think in terms of what they were trying to accomplish with Lucas tonight, you know, they, they may be in a spot where runs are at a premium and Lucas may be dealing, and they're going to have to have him out there in a playoff game, and he's going to have to pass that 100-pitch threshold, and he's got to know – that he that he's done it before. I think he has to. You know, he's a very analytical guy. You know, uh, you know, always very cerebral out there in his approach and the way he prepares. So I think it was important for everyone involved to be like, you know what? I just did this in my last outing against a really good team, and I know I can do it again. And I have all the tools with me now to go deep into a postseason game when my team needs it the most. Do you, do you see any value in that? Even though you say these games don't really matter at all, I think th- these they do matter in a sense that you can learn a lot about your personnel uh, in, in these games in the final week here? I mean, the games, I, mean, I should have said it better. I, I got gotcha, you, yeah. matter 
because people are trying to get their games. Just say all games matter, Herb. Just say all games matter. (laughs) And all buildings matter, too. Um, But, yeah, I would say, like, you know, just this is just tuning up, I'm feeling. Like, if you want to tune up and think that these games, as Timmy says, are playoff games right now, get your mind right then. But as far as the Sox need to win the next four games or else type of thing, no. It's to put that much pre- I think you put more pressure on your team by saying that these games are crucial and vital to us doing things in the playoffs. No. Get yourself ready for the playoffs. These games matter because they're going to get you ready for the next level. They don't matter as far as winning them. You don't have to win them. You've got the prize. You're in the tournament like everybody else is. And then when you get in the tournament, do damage. All that shit, all these games don't matter. Like the the White Sox lose the next four games and then win the next, then win the two after that. Did those four games matter? No. No one gives a fuck. If they get swept by the Cubs at the end of the year and then beat the Yankees in two straight, people are like, okay, great. Who, who, who it didn't matter at all? That's what I'm saying. Like you're in the tournament, you got the same equal footing as everybody else, and yeah, you probably want to have yourself in the most advantageous uh, routes and the best matchups, but don't kill yourself to do it. Just get there and get right, and when it's there, execute. Yeah, that's all I got tonight. Uh, other than I did not like, uh, I, I were call us hypocrites. Uh, I the uh, Jordan Luplo uh, bat toss, bat flip after the walk off. I was like, okay, it was nice. <laughs> it was really nice. Uh, good, for, good for him. But I hope everyone, deserved it. I hope if we did deserve that. He deserved it. Whenever you get a hold of one like that, you can do whatever you want. God bless. But I, I do hope the Sox are filing that one away because the White Sox will be back. The offense will hit again. And if they see this Indians team down the road uh, in, in the playoffs, uh, that I think they will remember that. And uh, hopefully it starts tomorrow. I want to see just bats flying all over the place <laughs> behind Dallas Keuchel's strong outing tomorrow. So hopefully they can get this thing turned around. I, I, I do think that all the details matter. There is no on and off switch in baseball. The, the slate does wipe clean once the postseason begins, and you can get rid of a, a lot of the bad stuff. You know, be, you know, but in your mind, you can also keep some of the good things going. So if they can get some positive energy, positive momentum, better at bats, you know, get get those, get some home runs back, put some runs on the board early, get TA on the base paths early. I think that'll do wonders, and I think that'll do this team a lot of good heading into the postseason. But uh, that's all I got tonight. We'll be back at it with you guys uh, after Dallas Keuchel does Dallas Keuchel things and does what uh, we're here. Uh, he does what he's brought here to do uh, unless they have him on a pitch limit which is certainly in play I'd rather have him healthy for game one than have him go nine shutout innings tomorrow so we'll, we'll, we'll file that one away as well as something to, to look for in Thursday night's game but I think they want this win bad uh, at what cost we'll have to wait and see but uh, that's all I got tonight Herbie you know what I've done five I think this year haven't I five predictions have all come true I'm going to put it out there again. This is going to happen. You guys want to win versus the Cleveland Windians? Fuck it. It's happening tomorrow night. White Sox regain first place tomorrow night. Dallas Keuchel goes out and gives us five and a third. Shout out baseball. The White Sox scrap three runs against uh, Mr. Zach Plesak. 
and tell him to have a good night out in Chicago if he wants to <laughs> when he comes here and gets his ass tits lit next weekend. Now what? He's going to get his ass and tits lit? <laughs> yes. Oh, man, so what a en- night. <laughs> en- enjoy yourself in Chicago next week, Dan, please ex nephew. Bum. He's not a bum. So, I'd, yes. I'd love to have him on my yeah, team. He's pretty good. He's got a sub two area. <laughs> But fuck them. We're yeah. gonna fuck them up tomorrow <laughs> to the tune of three runs. I, I think so. I think it'll be enough. It'll be one of those. Uh, you know what? You know, it, it'll be a much different story when the Cubs come into town this weekend. I think the energy will be different. They'll be back at home, and uh, you know, it's a, a Cubs team that they've had success against. I think this this is still a young team that's dealing with some monkeys on their backs, man. In terms of the divisional opponents, and you know, I, I was surprised when they took three or four of the Twins because we thought the Twins were in their head. But right now, it definitely seems like the Indians are in in their head and. When you have a team that pitches as well as they do, and you know that just great execution so far this series by all their pitchers, and there are no tomato cans. Uh, you know, I thought I felt pretty good against Brad Hand tonight. I thought they'd come through with the lefty out there because they've seen him well in the past. But every guy they, they run out there is seems like he's better than the next. But uh, you know, such is life sometimes. Uh, they, but they are what their record says they are, and the Sox are still better than them by two games. So. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. We'll talk to you uh, after that one is over. Hopefully, not another extra inning or walk-off game. I can't. I, I've seen it too many in my lifetime. I, I still have scarves for Madison Reed and uh, Jason Giambi, to be honest with you. So uh, that's all I got. Again, got to get our guy Farmio in the mix here. Have a great night. Don't talk to me tomorrow about what happened, friends. I know I'm going to see you at the health club. <laughs> Don't talk to me. All right. <laughs> all right. I won't. I won't. I'll see you. Well, uh, will I see you tomorrow? Yes, I will. Yeah, That's you will. Yeah. Game. Yeah. yeah at, the, at, at the gig. All right. So for Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, me, Eckerwald23, we are at Locked On Socks on Twitter and Instagram. You want to email us for Mailback Monday, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Send us your questions, absolutely, your comments, real, all those good Real quick, things. one thing. So I just want to make sure we mention this. So uh, today, you know, we talked a lot about Garrett Crochet and um, the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, they, they did a special episode. Um, it's Locked On MLB Prospects. So you can find them on Twitter at LO underscore MLB prospects. And they did like a a whole episode on Garrett Crochet. It talked about um, how quickly he's improved on the mound since his college days. Can he be a starter? They talked about the Chris Sale comps and they also talked about his major league debut from last weekend. So give that, give them some love locked on MLB prospects, uh, a little love here on the platform for them. They tagged us on it. So we're, we're, uh, we're paying the favor back to them. I, Stay, they, they should stay out of White Sox prospect business, huh? What do you What do you think about that? He better stay out of our business. He better stay out of White Sox business. <laughs> I was this close to saying that to Chef today after the game, talking shit. Oh uh, yeah, Chef. <laughs> fucking Chef, talking shit. Uh, fucking, I was gonna go Kenneth Royal Williams on his ass. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I think we might be even doing a show in the off season with uh, Mister. Layton, I think is Aaron Layton is his name. So uh, we're getting our people lined up for this offseason after the White Sox win the World Series. So get your request in right now. It is Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us once again for Locked on Sox.